There is a difference between theory and practice. The two should go hand in hand. They ought to go hand in hand. But the reality is that they don't always go hand in hand. At work, perhaps, you know that paperwork of a certain sort ought to be filed in a particular place. But in reality, it's always left somewhere else. And so if you were training a new employee, you might tell them that theoretically, theoretically, this paperwork goes there. But in reality, it always ends up here. So if you go looking for it there and you don't find it, check here. Because chances are it will be there instead. Or perhaps you were a tremendous cricketer or footballer at an early, earlier stage of life, but you're not anymore. And yet you still think of yourself that way. You have a self-conception, a theory that you're an athlete. But in reality, it's been years since you played in any serious way. The theory doesn't match the practice. This is sometimes the case with biblical churches. A church may say it's biblical. In theory, it is a biblical church. Its doctrinal statement says all the right things about the place of the Bible in the life of the church. It conceives of itself as a biblical church. And yet... It may not in practice, it may not functionally be a biblical church. It's in view of this potential danger for churches that we come to the big idea of my message this morning. A biblical church is biblical. A biblical church is actually biblical. A biblical church is functionally biblical. Biblical in practice and not just biblical in theory. It actually is a biblical church. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 4. Listen as I read from the ESV. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom... Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And will turn away from listening to the truth. And wander off into myths. One primary way to diagnose whether your church is functionally and not just theoretically a biblical church is to ask yourself Does the pastor preach the word? The way that Paul instructs Timothy here. To preach the word. Pastors in the room. One way to diagnose whether your church is 
functionally a biblical church and not just theoretically a biblical church is to ask yourself do I do I preach the word as Paul instructs Timothy to do here it's really quite simple a biblical church preaches the word the way Paul instructs Timothy to do here in this passage Paul's instruction to Timothy is preach the word. Let's define terms here before we really get into it. The word is, of course, the God-breathed writings. Mentioned just a couple of verses earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete Equipped for every good work. That's the context. So therefore, Timothy, preach the word. The word is those God-breathed writings. For us, that means the 66 books of the Bible. Though I'm fully aware that Timothy didn't possess the full canon of Scripture at the time of Paul's writing. The full canon of Scripture was completed and recognized later than the time of Paul's writing to Timothy. And nevertheless... Even at the time of writing, there was that which was the Word, and that which was not the Word. Even at the time of Paul's writing to Timothy before the canon was completed, he was able to say, preach this and not that. Preach the Word. Those God-breathed writings that we just spoke about. Preach it, Timothy. So to the instruction to preach the Word... For us, at our later stage in history, after the close of the canon, means that we need to step up in the pulpit to expound upon that which is God-breathed. This is the responsibility that pastors have, not to step up in the pulpit to preach our own ideas, not to step up in the pulpit or preach someone else's ideas. Not to step up in the pulpit to preach man-made philosophies or ideologies. That's not our job. We're not stepping up here to preach politics, though of course the Word of God speaks to the way that nations function. What I'm envisioning is when you have politicians come and give a campaign speech from the pulpit. That's not what we're to be doing. That's not what happens in a biblical church. In a biblical church... The Word is preached. Preach means simply proclaim, declare. But it's important to understand that here in this passage, this doesn't refer only to pulpit ministry. Pastors are to be preaching in the pulpit, but they're also to be preaching in your living room, so to speak. The work of pastors is, as Paul says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 20, declaring and teaching in public and from house to house. And the tone of pastoral work, whether done in the pulpit or in the living room, should be proclamatory, declaratory. Though at times we may make mere suggestions, intending to be helpful to people in gray areas where they need to make their own decisions. That's not mainly what... Pastoral work is about. It's not, just, it's not just a friend to provide a listening ear. 
Being a pastor is not merely just someone who's lived a little bit longer with a little more life experience that can give you some wise advice as you make your way through life. The vast majority of what pastors ought to be doing is preaching, declaring, proclaiming. Whether it's from the pulpit or whether it's sitting across from you in the living room, this is what the Bible teaches about that. This is what God says about that situation that you're dealing with. This is what God says you should do in this situation. This is how God speaks to your life in this particular situation. Let me proclaim it to you. Let me declare it to you. I'm not here simply, as I say, to just walk with you as a close friend. Though hopefully I will be that also. I am here to preach to you. To declare to you the word of God. So Paul says, preach the word. Implicitly do this publicly and privately. As Acts 2.20 says, in public and from house to house. Tell your people, pastors, what God says. Herald it. Proclaim it. Declare it. You're not merely making suggestions. That's what preaching the word means. Now Paul does not say, preach the word only in season. That is, when you're seeing fruit from it. He says, preach the word in season and out of season. In a biblical church, the pastor doesn't just tell him what God says whenever it seems to be working. In a biblical church, the pastor keeps preaching when people are leaving. The pastor keeps preaching the word when marriages are struggling and falling apart. The pastor keeps preaching the word when that brother or that sister backslides in a public and shameful way. The pastor keeps preaching even when the prayer meeting is scantily attended. In a biblical church, the pastor keeps preaching. Even when it doesn't seem to be working. Now, of course, it might not be working simply because you're not very good at it. That happens to me sometimes. It doesn't hit the way it should hit. Some men who have never should have gone into ministry were accepted into a seminary. They completed their coursework and they were hired without everyone ever sitting down to have the talk with them. You're probably not cut out for this. You're not a good preacher. Your exegesis is weak. You're not as clear or insightful as you think you are, etc., etc., I think most of us, if not all of us, I don't have anyone in mind, just so you know. I think most of us are not in that category. We're not on that extreme end of the spectrum, but neither are we on the other end. Let's be frank. Most of us are not hearing all the time, you're a fantastic preacher. Your exegesis surpasses the best of the Puritans. Man, I tell you, I go read those guys and they're good. But when I come listen to you, that's when I really, really see the good exegesis happening. Most of us are somewhere in the middle. You're decent, but you could be better. I'm decent, but I could be better. Ask fellow pastors out there who you trust and who you know will be truthful with you. Is there something that I'm doing wrong here? Something that I can improve on? Sometimes we can serve the word up better 
I think it was a nephew of Charles Spurgeon who said, My uncle can preach the gospel better than me, though he can't preach a better gospel. This is the case with us as preachers. No one, no one can preach a better word, but we can preach the word better. And we should be striving to do that in faithfulness to this passage. Preach the word. We should be always striving to get better as preachers. And sometimes the problem of fruitfulness is connected in some degree to our faithfulness. Sometimes we can be more faithful and we will see more fruitfulness from more faithfulness. But other times there is no correlation. Other times the fruitlessness has nothing to do with faithfulness whatsoever. So if after this honest self-examination... You come to realize that the problem of fruitlessness in this season of your church's life isn't obviously tied to any particular hindrance that you can address. You know what you should do, pastors? Preach the Word! Keep preaching the Word. Preach the Word in season and out of season. Let it leave. Let it fall on hard ears. Preach the word in season and out of season. Next, note that Paul does not say preach only the encouraging parts of the word. He says reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Verse 2. In a biblical church, you're not told that every day is a Friday. In a biblical church, you're not told that you can have your best life now. As John MacArthur famously quipped, the only way you could have your best life now is if you're going to hell. In a biblical church, you're told that you have remaining corruption. Colossians 3.5 says, put to death what is earthly in you. Which implies that there is something earthly in you. Romans 8.13 says, put to death the deeds of the body. Implying that you still sometimes do the deeds of the body. As Romans 7, 22 and 23 teaches, so does a biblical church. And our brother, Pastor Paralon, touched on it already this morning. I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind. And making me captive to the law of sin. That dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am. A biblical church teaches its members that this struggle from Romans 7 is their struggle. You're conflicted. On the one hand, you want to be holy, you delight in God's law, but on the other hand, you're a wretched man. This is relevant to Christians. We have remaining corruption and we need to be against it. A biblical church doesn't mollycoddle sinners. In a biblical church, the pastor reproves, rebukes, and exhorts. When was the last time you were confronted about sin in the context of your church? Brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be rare. The pulpit ministry should be constantly reproving and rebuking sin. 
and exhorting to holiness alongside the preaching of Christ and His grace. And when there are specific issues arising in your life or your family's life, sin issues, if your pastors are faithful men, they should be reproving you, rebuking you, exhorting you alongside the ministry of Christ and His grace. So preach the word, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. That's what happens in a biblical church. Moving on, Paul does not say preach the word only to those who are responsive. He says preach the word with complete patience and teaching at the end of verse 2. Sometimes a pastor faithfully preaches the word out of season, reproving, rebuking, and exhorting as he should. And the congregation resents him for it. Did you know that Jonathan Edwards was fired from his church in Northampton, Massachusetts? Jonathan Edwards. Probably the greatest theologian ever to hold a pastorate in North America. (laughs) By all accounts, faithful to the discharge of his ministry to the church. But in July 1750, 90% of the members of his church voted to remove him from office. Imagine the complete patience that Jonathan Edwards would have had to use and exercise regularly prior to his firing. Because that doesn't come out of nowhere. You don't get fired by 90% of your church members in a vacuum. Like they love you, they love you one week but you just preach a real dud on Sunday. And Monday, you're gone. That doesn't happen. To get to the place where 90% of your members want you gone takes a while. Imagine the complete patience that Jonathan Edwards would have had to exercise in that difficult congregation. Though he was preaching the word out of season, though he was reproving, rebuking, and exhorting, it took patience. To minister to those people. Laboring to teach and explain over and over again what he believes and why he believes it. And why the church should do one thing and not another. And why he would take one position on a particular issue and not another position on a particular issue. This is the complete patience and teaching that is necessary in the ministry of the word in a biblical church. Pastors in the room, are you prepared to do this? To exercise this sort of care, this sort of care, over your congregation, if and when that congregation that the Lord has placed you in needs it. What good is a janitor who won't clean dirty buildings? What good is a shepherd who won't lead sheep? It's the very nature of pastoral ministry to shepherd people from error to truth, from sin to holiness, from immaturity to maturity. And that takes complete patience and teaching in the ministry of the Word. So preach the Word in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. 
This is what a pastor does in a truly biblical church. Finally, Paul does not say, preach the word for now. Because it seems to be a popular thing to do now. A time's coming when preaching will be an outdated, old-fashioned thing. And you won't have to preach the word then. But preach the word for now. Paul doesn't say that. He says, preach the word and implicitly keep preaching the word. That's the clear sense of this. Preach the word and keep preaching the word for the time is coming or in spite of the fact that the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will wander away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Perhaps when you started in pastoral ministry, you expected that people would fawn all over you. Perhaps you naively thought that your sermons would be so great that people wouldn't be able to wait to get through the door. That the church buildings would be packed past capacity the way they were when Spurgeon preached so long ago. Then you found that people were late for church. They looked at their watches. Or worse, fell asleep while you preached. Do you know who I am? (laughs) That there were a lot of empty seats. And so on and so forth. You found that many people were actually simply enduring sound teaching. In many places in the world, in many churches, this is the situation. People are just enduring Enduring sound teaching. But in other situations, in other churches, pardon me, the situation is even worse. People are no longer even enduring sound teaching. Not even showing up late and sitting there and listening for the first 35 minutes and then looking at their watch. Not even doing that. Instead, they're pursuing teachers to suit their own passions. With as much vigor as you would scratch a mosquito bite that was really bad. It's itchy. And you've got to get it. These get itchy. And you've got to get it. And you're not, you're not getting what you want. You're not finding what scratches your itch here. So you've got to go elsewhere. In many churches, people are turning away from listening to the truth. And wandering off into myths. I alluded to Joel Osteen earlier, who wrote a book called Every Day is a Friday. Who wrote another book called Your Best Life Now. The names could go on and on. T.D. Jakes, Rob Bell, Greg Boyd, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar. We could go on and on. Why do these men and others like them have an audience? Listen, not because they sound so much like Peter, James, and John. Not because there's such an unmistakable resemblance in the teaching of these men to what we find in God's holy writ. That's not why they have an audience. Not because their doctrine is just so faithful 
People hungry for the Word just can't get enough. Simply because they're ready to step in and fill the role of pastor in the lives of those who are tired of biblical Christianity. Who won't even endure. They won't even endure sound teaching anymore. And they're looking for something else. These men are ready with a different message that appeals to those whose ears just aren't being scratched by the biblical message. Those who are tired of the old, old story of Jesus and His love. You hear a lot these days about how the youth aren't engaged. The youth are leaving the church. In a biblical church, the pastor keeps preaching even when the young people walk out the door. You hear a lot these days about how people's attention spans are shorter and they can't handle more than a 15 minute homily. Or about how we need videos and multimedia and how preaching is outdated. A biblical church, in a biblical church, the pastor keeps preaching even when everybody around says it's old fashioned. Get with the times, man. Look at the youth, the youth. They're leaving the church. The youth. We hear this all the time. When everybody says what we really need is something else. We need a new way to do church. You ever heard that phrase? We need a new way to do church. In a biblical church, pastors understand that if people are sick of preaching, they're sick. Period. If you're sick of preaching, you're sick. Preaching is not the problem. Soul sickness is the problem. One mark of true Christians is that they love God's Word. Not only my sheep hear my voice, my sheep love my voice. When God's Word is preached well, God's people love it. They enjoy it. When God's Word is preached well, people don't complain that it's too long. Again, of course, the sermons can be too long just because you're long-winded and you like to hear yourself talk and you haven't reined it in. You haven't edited. You've got a first draft, but you never got to a second draft. The youth might not be engaged because there's not much worth engaging with. I'm not giving any of us, including myself, a carte blanche excuse to rationalize away any legitimate problems with our preaching that may exist in the church. Spend some time in self-examination, as I suggested earlier. But again, if after examination, the problem truly is just that people are tired of the preaching of God's words. Keep preaching. Preach the word. Never mind what they say. Never mind if they leave. Never mind if they can't endure it anymore. Go somewhere else and find whatever your itching ears are craving. But when that does not ultimately satisfy you, when it doesn't nourish you, if you are one of Christ's sheep, and you go there and you find in a little while that your ribs are showing, and you're covered with mites, and ticks, and fleas, and you're ready to be shepherded again, and you're hungry, 
Come back here. Because we're still going to be preaching the word. So in any particular season, you may see fruit for your labor, or you may not. Preach it in season and out of season. You may not enjoy the reproving, rebuking, exhorting aspect of pastoral ministry. But keep doing it. You may need to exercise great patience and teach the same things over and over and over and over again. Not only to the same congregation, but sometimes to the same individuals. You feel like, haven't we had this conversation before? A couple, I'm pretty sure I talked to you about this a few months ago. Complete patience in teaching, just keep doing it. This is the very reason that your people need you. They need a shepherd who's willing to work with sheep. Shepherd them, brothers. People may resent you for it. They may leave. Or they may fire you. As they did Jonathan Edwards. And then hire Joel Osteen in your place. Never mind the consequences. Never mind the consequences. Never mind what those with itching ears do with the word. Just give it to them. Serve it up. Preach it. Preach the word. That is the central idea in this passage. In Paul's instructions to Timothy. Preach the word. Everything else is just explaining how to preach the word. The difference between churches whose pastors do this. And churches whose pastors don't do this. Is the difference between those churches that are truly biblical. And those churches which are not truly biblical. Never mind what your statement of faith says over here about scripture. And the importance of the Bible in the church's life. Never mind what you affirm in theory. If you're not preaching the word like this in practice. It's not a biblical church. If you attend a church that has a good doctrine of scripture. Somewhere in their statement of faith or even in their creed or their confession. But functionally, they're not preaching the word like this. It's not a biblical church. In a biblical church, the word is preached like this. Not just in theory, but functionally, practically. Theory and practice go hand in hand in a biblical church. Obviously, the takeaway here is that pastors should do this. We have a lot of church members in the room. Church members, do your pastors do this? If they do, good. Listen, be satisfied with such a ministry. You probably got friends, Christian, professing Christian at least, and non-Christian alike who might tell you, listen, your church is old-fashioned. Your church is outdated, they gotta get with the times, so on and so forth. All the stuff we just got. You got that peer pressure coming in from the outside, from all these different angles. But if you have a church like this, where the word is preached like this, be satisfied with such a ministry. 
Thank God for your leaders. Pray for them. Encourage them. Show up regularly and on time. Even better, listen, early. Don't just endure sound teaching. Love sound teaching. Crave it. Be among those in whom the Word is bearing fruit. In other words, let it never be said that your pastor is preaching the Word to you out of season. Be someone who doesn't take a lot of patience for your pastor to shepherd. Church members, be someone that your pastor says, yeah, I'm ready to be patient with this brother or this sister, but they never need it. Because I show them from the Word of God and they receive it and they implement it. Church members, don't follow itching ears elsewhere. Whether your own itching ears, or sometimes you see whole families leave. And I'm, just, I'm not just talking about the parents leave and the kids go with them. I'm talking about grown adults. One couple leaves and another couple goes with them. Not necessarily because couple number two's ears are itching, but because couple number one's ears are itching and couple two goes with them. Don't do that. Don't follow itching ears elsewhere. If you love the Word of God, stay. If you're satisfied with such a ministry, let it be known. Tell couple number one, why would you leave? Don't trade this for that. Be committed to staying where the Word is preached and let that commitment be known and manifest. Invite others to church on that basis. Listen, the Word is preached here. Let me show you 2 Timothy 4. That's what it says churches are supposed to be doing. And at my church, they actually do that. Come with me. Come with me. Invite others on that very basis. Be satisfied with that sort of ministry. It will be a great encouragement to your pastors to have such faithful members. And more importantly, it will be good for your own souls. If your pastors don't do this, the first thing that you need to do is have a conversation with him or them. Talk about your concerns. Point even to this passage. Can we open the word of God together? Pastor, what pastor is going to say no to that? Can we open the word of God together? Pastor. Listen, I'm concerned about these specific things. It's right there in black and white. Encourage them toward obedience in this matter. Don't talk about them to everyone else. Talk to them. Encourage them toward obedience in this matter. This is how reformation happens. If everyone immediately leaves unhealthy churches, it simply fosters an us versus them mentality and nothing changes. Now eventually you may decide to leave if your pastors are committed to staying their present course. But start with the conversation. Even Martin Luther, the great reformer, first tried to reform the Roman Catholic Church. Eventually he and the Protestants left, or more accurately, they were kicked out. But the spark of reformation started, where? Within the Roman Catholic Church. And imagine what could have been if the Pope had listened. Begin by protesting. That's the root word of Protestant, you know. 
begin by protesting where you are. Be a Protestant where you are. And leave only when it becomes clear that your church's mentality is that they must increase. Even if it comes at the expense of Christ's decrease. Leave when it becomes clear that they are not prepared to receive Christ's testimony. As I was preaching about yesterday. In summary, a biblical church is biblical. I think by, all, by now we all know what I mean by that. A biblical church is truly biblical. A biblical church is actually, functionally biblical. And not just in theory. Probably very few churches would openly say, we're not biblical churches and we don't try to be. Probably very few would say that, if any. Almost every church lays claim to being a biblical church. But one way that you can discern is just look. Functionally, functionally, are the pastors preaching the word practically, Sunday by Sunday, actually preaching the word as Paul instructs Timothy to do here in this passage we've looked at today. May we all aspire to be such churches, whether that involves resolving to remain such churches or whether it involves embracing the work of reformation necessary in becoming such churches. Amen.